Hello, and welcome to Joyful Heart, a podcast for Christian women who are trying to balance a relationship with God, as well as school, work, and other things life likes to throw our way. In these episodes, religious topics such as growing closer to God, maturing in our faith, as well as general ones like college difficulties and navigating new experiences in life will be covered. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, so for this week's episode, I'm going to cover the topic of sin and expose some of the enemy's lies and tactics that he will use and uses to throw you off on your journey to being sanctified of your sins through Jesus. One of the biggest struggles of sins is that it's easy to fall into the cycles of sins. We grow distant from God. We start to sin heavily. We face the consequences of our sins. We then begin to notice how distant we are from God and how we feel very lonely and painful because we are so distant from our good God. And we confess our sins and then we begin to repent of that sin. Some sins we are able to defeat through Jesus in a season of two and we are able to move past it. Other sins are much more difficult because maybe it's our favorite sin or it's something that's very automatic to us. And by favorite sin, I mean the one that we often try to explain as not being as bad of a sin or the one that we take joy or quote unquote happiness from. Sometimes we have sins that we like to indulge in, sins that when others try to tell us we are wrong or when we feel the Holy Spirit's condemnation, we try to explain it away and we say, well, this sin isn't as bad because of this reason. And we don't even realize what we are defending. We are defending something that hurts us. We are defending something that is evil. However, we will never break the cycle of sin on our own. We always need Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he erased all our debts, sins, failures, and ties to our sins. Through him only can we truly be sanctified and be set free from even the most tempting and repetitive sins in our life. I think That's the part a lot of people often miss when they come into Christianity. They are fully focused on God, which is great because he should always be your top priority. But you cannot forget about the relationship that you need to have with Jesus. Um, And this kind of ties into last week's episode about why you need to seek and work towards a relationship with Jesus that is personal and intimate. Because we need Jesus. We can't be sanctified without Jesus. We can't enter the gates of heaven without Jesus. We can't even go to the Father without Jesus. Jesus is a necessary and important part of our walk with God. We need to talk to him. We need to imitate him in our behaviors. We need to imitate him in our lifestyle, in our thoughts, and our actions. We need to make sure that Jesus is our foundation because he is unshakable. He is not going anywhere. He will not ignore you. He will never hate you. He came to earth with love, speaking love and speaking truth and speaking light over our lives. Oftentimes, the enemy will try to make it seem like it's impossible to break these cycles, but that's false. Your sins do not have to have control over your life. More than often, you are exercising the free will given by God with the motivation and hopes of rewards being sin. So yes, sin plays a big factor, but in most cases, you fall into that temptation and choose to live 
with that sin. And when I say you, I also mean me. I have done the same thing. You know, for so long, I just thought, well, it's just so hard to, I can't break out of it. Not realizing that sin doesn't have to control me and it doesn't have to control you. We are often very aware of the big sins like lust, pride, lying, killing, adultery, etc. But the Bible includes so many others that we might think are okay. So many other sins that society tells us is okay or it's excusable, like telling white lies, being quick to be angry, being okay with unjustness in the world, taking part in unfair practices, ignoring or hiding our own sins. A message I constantly come across in scripture is how people do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, like in 2 Kings 17 too. Many get confused about the subject of free will because verses like God hardened their hearts or God sent destruction their way because of their sins. But God knows people's hearts. He knew that these people would continue to do evil and had no current or future plans to change their lives around. If we believe that sin is okay to have or try to live a lukewarm life, we will always fall away from the Lord like the Israelites did. In 2 Kings 17.7, it states, Now, this came about because the sons of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who brought them up from the land, up from their land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and they feared other gods. In 2 Kings 17, verses 32-33, we see the downfall of trying to pick the middle ground between God and sin. It states, They also feared the Lord and appointed from among themselves priests of the high place who acted for them in the houses of the high place. They feared the Lord and served their own gods according to the customs of the nations from among whom they had been carried away into exile. Their sin continued to blind them away from the truth, that God is the one and only true God. They allowed sin to rule their life and thus face the consequences of their sin. And this is why it is very important to surround yourself with a loving and supportive community of people who have a relationship with Jesus who are seeking God each and every day of their life because it's not enough just to surround ourselves with religious people because Christianity is so much more about a relationship over religion. That's why it's so important to look around and see who your friends are because your friends impact you so much more than you realize. Like your friends impact what you think is okay. Your friends impact the shows you watch, the music you listen to, the way you act and the way you speak. It's important to surround yourself with the right people who will keep you on track for your life. And in the Israelites case, you know, they had good rulers, but then they had a lot of evil rulers who did, who did evil in the sight of the Lord. And thus it swayed them further and further from God. The context surrounding 2 Kings 17 is that the northern kingdom was about to fall as a result of their sins. Now, many people try to blame God for bad things or allowing bad things to happen. However, God is good, pure, loving, and just. Nothing bad or evil ever comes from God. All that is evil comes from the enemy who wants to ruin your life and bring you down with him. From Romans 8, 28, we see that 
And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, you might be wondering, why did bad things happen to God's chosen people who were called to be set apart from the others? You might be thinking that it's unfair, but the Israelites had been sinning for many generations like we do. Unfortunately, faith isn't generational. Despite our upbringing, it's on us to work towards God and away from the world. Just because you were raised in the church doesn't mean you will remain in the church because God has given us free will to make our own decisions. So it's up to you to seek God. It's up to you to work towards God. You know, your your past doesn't have to matter. If you want God, you have to work towards God because he wants you. He wants his children to return to him and he wants us to come back to him because the things that he offers is greater than anything the world could ever offer you. More than often, like we settle for less in the world. We settle for what we think is normal, but God wants to give you the unnormal. God wants to give you the good, but you have to trust in him, have faith in him and work for his glory. The Israelites, like us, were too caught up in sin to realize that it didn't have to control them anymore. It didn't have to set the rules for their life and, you know, be the standard for how they act. It may seem unfair, but in 2 Kings, we see, Yet the Lord warned Israel and Judah through all his prophets and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments, my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you through my servants, the prophets. And in verse 14, following, we see that they chose not to listen to the warnings. In fact, they became more stubborn and were described to stiffen their necks away from the Lord. So they had their warnings, but they didn't listen. God sent people to tell them that they were wrong and needed to change, and they refused to listen. They refused to. They didn't want to. They believed that the life they were living was okay because they were allowing sin to control them and control their thinking and block their understanding and block their own blessings. So not only were they warned from God, but they grew up knowing the Lord's commandment. They were his chosen people. And they knew his commands and his sayings. In other words, it wasn't a shock to them that they were doing wrong. They chose to do wrong. Oftentimes when I reflect on the times I would face small consequences of sin that would go unnoticed due to my spiritual apathy or lack of understanding. Then often the consequences of our sin aren't always immediately huge consequences that are devastating and life-changing, but they're often small ones. I feel like this is God's additional way of warning us that if we continue, bad things are coming. You know, like you kind of feel that little pinch of regret after you lie to someone or after you overreact or you are easily angered. I feel like, you know, many times the shame, guilt, the anxiety that we face and the negative feelings that we carry are from past or current sins. You know, it's kind of God weighing on our heart like, that was wrong. It's the Holy Spirit condemning us from our sins so that we can see the truth and the lies that we are living. Through Jesus alone, we can be sanctified or set apart from this world. We can find true freedom from our sins through Jesus and his sacrifices for our souls even before we were created. The enemy will use people, our own thoughts, and actions to make us feel like it's hopeless and we should just give in. But 
we aren't alone fighting our battles. You know, we have our sovereign God. We have Jesus in our hearts. We have the Holy Spirit to empower us and give us boldness in our faith and our brothers and sisters in Christ who are on our side. Sin is evil. It's against the character of God. It hurts people. It damages people. It pulls apart families, deceives us, and puts us at risk of spending an eternity apart from God. And recently, I wanted to touch on this joke I've seen that's circulating social media that hell is going to be lit and be a party. I want to tell you this couldn't be anything farther from the truth. The devil uses sin to pull you down with him. He doesn't care about you or even want to party with you. He wants to torture you forever. He wants to keep you from God's love and mercy and salvation. You know, the Bible pokes many holes in his lies and deceptions. Sin doesn't have to control you or your life. God can bring true freedom from even lifelong or the most stubborn sins in your life. With God, it is possible. So never lose sight of that truth. And I really wanted to close with Romans 6, 12 through 23, because it greatly summarizes the main point of this episode, dealing with sin and like its so-called control over our lives. Romans 6, 12 through 23. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves of obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed and have been freed from sin. You became slaves of righteousness and speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now, having been free from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a very long section, but there is so much truth within that. So let's just go through each section together and just unpack it a little more. So from 12 through 14, you know, it states we can't go on presenting ourselves as instruments for sin and unrighteousness. But we must present ourselves to God as those alive from dead because just as Jesus died on that cross and came back so are we you know when we accept Jesus we are in a way baptizing ourselves if not always the physical way of it but we are to leave behind our old life leave behind our old actions and practices and come anew be living in righteousness be alive from the dead state that most are in when they live a life of sin 
13 through 19, it goes, you know, just because we are under grace, we still shouldn't falter in our faith or in our actions. We are still to uphold the laws that the Lord has given to us just because we are under grace. We should still remain faithful and, you know, aware of God's commandments for our life. And even though, you know, we've all lived a past we are not proud of and we've lived lives being slaves to sin, through God we be we can become obedient from the heart. And the heart is the most important thing because a lot of our actions, our thoughts, and our motivations come from our heart. So if our heart is in a bad place, only sin will spew out. We have to make sure our hearts are right and are for Jesus and we have Jesus remaining in our hearts so that good can come out of us, light, love, and just all the right things so that we can continue to imitate Christ in our actions. Jesus dying on the cross for you freed you from your sin so that you become slaves of righteousness, so that you become obedient to righteousness. He cut down that barrier for you and he said, come to me, I can save you. In this section, they speak in human terms because our flesh is weak. If we are without Christ, we are living in the flesh, which is weak. It is prone to sin. It is prone to deception. And it will always be our, you know, our greatest downfall. I feel like verse 19 really makes me think of kind of like the old west or whatever with cowboys and everything where you know when the sheriff wasn't in town or in this case you know when christ isn't in our hearts and our souls we're just running a loose we're doing everything wrong we're sinning we're getting hurt we're facing the consequences we're hurting others we're just living like there's no law there's no order there's no justice it's just sin you know we need jesus as our sheriff to round us back in you know he is the good shepherd he would leave the 99 to search for the one because he cares so much for you he wants to bring order back into your life he wants to bring law back into your life he wants to bring love into your life you know true love not worldly love but godly love into your life and the last section 20 through 23 it just states the fact that living a life of sin will always lead to death No one else can save us. No one else can sanctify us. No one else can offer salvation the way Jesus can. Living a life apart from Jesus will always remain in two deaths, a earthly death and an eternal death, away from him living in hell for eternity, you know. But with Jesus, we are given the free gift. I mean, if you think about it, Jesus died before all of us were even born, before our ancestors were even born, because obviously, oh my gosh, yeah, obviously, you know, that was 2,000 years ago. Um, but he died before you even existed, before maybe even your family line existed. He did that for you. He did that freely. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for gifts or rewards. He just asked you to deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow him. We are given a free chance. We are given a free gift that we have never and will never be deserving of that we will never earn, that we will never do enough to match up to what Jesus did for us. Jesus did the impossible for you. He did what was humanly impossible. He did it for you because he loves you so much. So if you are living a life where you just feel like you are out of control, where things are just going wrong, you can't seem to catch a break, I really want you to know that we can find peace and tranquility through God. We can find happiness. We can find hope. We can find 
truth and trust in knowing that God loves you forever. He will never abandon you. He will never forsake you. He will never hate you. But you must come to him first and you must change your old ways and realize your sin doesn't control you. Give everything to God. Let him be in control. He is sovereign and he is able. You know, don't continue to live a life of sin and of misery. You know, come back to God. Come to God if it's the first time. Just come and be willing to submit to his wills and his way for your life and give that control to him because you're always in better hands when you are with God. So I really hope that this episode is helpful. I really hope it sheds some light on some of the enemy's lies and tactics that he uses and realizing that you don't have to live your life for him being a slave to him. Run away from that, flee from that, and come to Jesus. Well, that concludes this week's episode of Joyful Heart. Feel free to reach out with prayer requests, praise reports, requests for topics or general questions on either Instagram or the Facebook group. These can be sent to Joyful Heart. That's J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-H-E-A-R-T-T on Instagram, as well as for the private Facebook group. I hope you all have a blessed day and I'll catch you next week. Bye guys.